Welcome to When Fear Reigns. We've just reached several major milestones. This is our 30th episode, which also marks our one-year anniversary, and we've surpassed over 10,000 downloads. In these difficult times of the global COVID-19 pandemic, we can still find things to celebrate and bring us together while we are physically apart. From everyone at One Fear Reigns, we extend a special thank you to all our listeners. We look forward to you joining us for the next year, the next 30 episodes, and the next 10,000 downloads. Welcome to episode 30 of When Fear Reigns. This is a big one. We're celebrating one year of podcasting. Can you believe it's been that long? In some ways, it seems like it's been way longer. And we eclipsed 10,000 downloads, two big milestones. John, what do you think about us reaching one year and 10,000? I think that's a wonderful blessing. It's amazing that uh, that, that 10,000 came so quickly. And you're right. Working with you has seemed like a lesson in eternity. <laughs> but God gives me enough grace to push through. That's good. It's a foretaste of heaven is what it is. That's, that's what you're looking for. Okay, uh, I'll get Kimmy on the line and see if she would agree. <laughs> well, if you're looking at the title of this episode, we're talking about Kingdom of Isolation. You might have guessed that we are watching a lot of Frozen in the Working Teen household. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, uh, this is a good title for what we're looking at here. Um, I'm Ben Working Teen, your host, joined as always by Dr. Parlo. Although these episodes, in these episodes, we're making sure to observe social distancing and so recording at some distance via our handy dandy app here. Uh, the audio you hear might be not quite as clean and crisp as it usually is, but hopefully the content will be great and uh, Anthony's doing an awesome job. If you don't like the audio, don't, don't email Anthony. It's not his fault. Uh, he didn't have anything to do with this COVID deal. Although, since there are so many conspiracies out there, I'd like to suggest this one. John, what do you think? Anthony did it. Well, I think it all has to come through 5G, and Anthony is our tech, <laughs> one of our tech people, and that's the conspiracies out there. So, yes, I, I wholeheartedly support your conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know why. Uh, maybe he, was so, he wanted to be so locked down in this house that he could watch every minor horror film ever created, binge-watching them all, no pause, uh, no sleeping. Seems plausible to me. Hey, I'm working so much for St. Mark. I have no time for anything else. <laughs> That's what he says. He's just in the in that cat cave there just watching movies. That's all he's doing. Anyway, John, let's. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, even if it's through a computer screen, let's start by just talking about what this all looks like. Give us some perspective is this shutdown worldwide quarantine something you've seen before as the church met anything like this what's your experience in this well i would say first of all has the church ever met something similar to this or a catastrophe or something that made the church do things differently well yeah you, you will look back in history i think of the book of james chapter one where it starts by james addressing the christians the uh the, the Jews, the believing Jews who are now scattered all over the place because of persecution. So, yeah, the church has been through this before, as has obviously our Lord, and, and we'll be through this as well because of him. But, yeah, in my ministry, I think guys about my age in their mid to upper 50s or maybe a little younger than that will tell you, when we had the Iraq war, I remember running down to the gas station because now the rumor was gas was going to go over a dollar a gallon. And now it's headed to that again. You know, it's like a marvel. <laughs> but, then, 
that many of us remember and many of the listeners may remember 9-11. And the big thing with 9-11 that was so so impactful, uh, there were a lot of different things after, but was shortly after that, days after you went and looked into the sky and no planes were in the sky. And even now today, you know, I live pretty close to Austin Straubel Airport in Green Bay. Um, and there are no planes or very few of them in the sky. And I think another thing that I'm seeing kind of a deja vu picture of right now is there seems to be, at this point, seems to be a rise in patriotism. Maybe not so much among the, the politicians and most of the media that's all trying to score points one way or another, but among people, uh, you know, Americans helping Americans. And so I think I've, I've seen that before. Well, those are, you know, it's, it's interesting to kind of notice those incidentals, I think. Uh, the airplanes, the traffic, if you drive, have to drive anywhere, just the roads are totally empty. People are wearing masks, all those sort of things. But, um, you know, some of that stuff, th those are some cultural shifts that I think you're noticing. People helping their neighbors, reaching out, talking, you know, talking across the street. I see people walking uh, that I've never seen walking in our neighborhood. There are There's constantly people out with kids or with dogs um, walking the neighborhood, which is just, you know, and that's that's a totally new thing. And I'm, I'm interested to see how those changes endure, if they do at all, uh, after we're sure. kind of back, uh, life is normal. And generally, generally speaking, after you have something like uh, an assassination of a president or an attack on the Twin Towers or uh, the United States declaring war on in Iraq, on Saddam Hussein, you see a, a big swell in church attendance. Let's see if that actually happens when the COVID yeah. virus pandemic passes. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see too. Certainly we're seeing it online already. Uh, who knows how in-person, that'll translate to in-person. I sure. wanted to ask you, who are some of the thinkers and authors that you turn to for encouragement and guidance in the midst of historic events like this? Well, I think the, the proper answer would be Jesus, right? It's a good one. Yep. Uh, the message I always think of and I've shared a lot with people online is John 16, 33, where Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, mm. but take heart, I've overcome the world. But you're going to have trouble. It's not always going to go smoothly, even for the church. And that's that whole thing that we as Lutheran Christians talk a lot about in that doctrine of glory versus the doctrine of the cross, where there's no there's no promise in Scripture that on this earth, in this world, just because you're a Jesus follower, you're not going to get sick with the virus, not going to have someone pass away close to you, not going to lose your job, not get sick, uh, not have some hardship or whatever it may be. That's just that's just expected, right? That the, the idea is that we're going to have crosses to bear. Some of them become uh, because of our faith. Some because we're sinful people. Some because we live in a sin-marred world filled with diseases and viruses. But so besides the Bible and Jesus, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud has now a free um, online book that I would encourage people to download. It's just it's a great Christian counselor, Cloud spelled as the same as clouds in the sky. Um, on anxiety, where he's got five or six really helpful tips for that. I've been reading that, as well as Tim Keller and Ravi Zacharias, books that they've written on the problem of evil and suffering. I think those have been helpful. They're just part of my rotation of 12 books that I that I read through, and, and they've been really helpful because I'm sure people are thinking the same thing we are. You know, we all know the problem of evil is one that's probably asked the most of people, both 
inside the Christian church and outside. Yeah, and I, you know, I was reading a news article just the other day that kind of compared and contrasted how a Jewish rabbi, uh, uh, Muslim imam, and a Christian pastor were handling it. These were all people in the U.S. Um, and just, it was interesting. I, I don't know that I agreed so much with a, the Christian pastor. I think he was missing the point a little bit. But the, the Christian perspective that um, if there is peace and if there is uh, good times, that's kind of the exception. It's the suffering that is the thing that endures. And this is just another version of that suffering in Jesus coming in to say, I've, give you, I've come to give you peace, not as the world gives. Um, you know, um, and when he talks about, I will be with you always. You know, some of these things that Jesus says and the fact that he was willing, he came down from heaven to endure immense suffering, unimaginable suffering. Man, this, this, the fact that Holy Week, uh, we're recording this right in the middle of Holy Week. The fact that Holy Week happens in the middle of this, I think is great for giving context to the whole, whatever we and were absolutely, Yeah, the, the worst week they said we're to have, at least at this point in America, you know, it's the big idea that um, we're waiting for heaven in heaven, not heaven on earth. And especially in the yeah. whole area of the last times, eschatology, uh, the Christian church has messed that up, even Lutheran Christians in the past as well. Yeah, yeah, those are good things to keep in mind. I want to just talk practical just for a minute. Um, this this period of, of isolation and disease uh, for many has uh, kind of shaken some, some of our core beliefs. Uh, I think as Americans, we kind of have this idea that medicine will heal all diseases, and it just hasn't yet. Maybe it will, uh, but for now, the medical community seems to be at a place where it can really only... Um, make people feel comfortable, but really has no control to make this person cure from it, recover from it, this person not, you know, they just don't have that. Um, and so it, it's kind of rocked some of our, our core beliefs or core um, philosophies. But I think it also is a launch pad for opportunity. Maybe some of those things need to be torn away so that we can rebuild. Um, can you give some pointers um, on how to use this time as an opportunity, maybe individually, maybe as a family, maybe as a, a church, but sure. to you know, use this as a launch pad moving forward to a, a life that is more um, in line with Jesus or more fulfilling or more uh, more focused on what's more most important. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a number of things that can be done, and this isn't going to be exhaustive, nor is it going to be unique. I'm sure a lot of people have written and spoken on this, and our, our listeners obviously have thought of this themselves many in many cases. But one is it gives you extra time to actually read your Bible and prayer and meditation. You know, I, I think of that passage in Ephesians 5, I think it's verse 15 and following. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, be very careful then how you, uh, how you live, not unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity. Uh, and don't be foolish, you know, make sure you know what the Lord's will is. All of that's important. Read a chapter. I always tell people, start with a gospel, one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and ministry. Maybe you start with Mark because Mark's kind of action-packed, or you might. Some people start with John. That's not bad. Any of them are good. And uh, I would encourage people to maybe do some journaling. That's not really my kind of thing, but a lot of people journal and they see what God does with them. That's kind of a cool thing to do. And just, sure. I, I guess I've been a lot more this time. Be still. Um, I get up earlier and earlier in the morning. This morning was at 445. 
just to do some thinking, uh, finish some writing, uh, do, do a little reading and studying. And I, I think that's a good thing, certainly. Number two, I would say is, you know, be really smart in social media. Uh, be, you know, try to comfort people rather than spread fear and uh, yeah. rather than argue, you know, let's face it, in a news feed right now that's full of pandemic-related, I don't know, preaching and panic, you can choose to kind of be a, a bright light, to be the salt and light Jesus talks about, encouraging people, uh, putting uplifting things on there to your fellow, I don't know, day prisoners in their homes. That would be helpful. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, you know, post a passage or an encouraging word. Now, um, again, I'm not talking about posting things that are passive-aggressive, like, you know, the world's going to end pretty soon and you better get your act together quickly. No, encouraging scriptures would be good, <laughs> right? You know, don't start ripping on people going, yeah, at least I'm ready when it all ends. I hope you are. Otherwise, you better get a yeah. special pajamas because you're burning forever. I guess the third thing I would say would, uh, that's a little direct, I know. Uh, practice, <laughs> that's not passive at all. Yeah. Practice patience in the face of whatever this new normal is going to be. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 2 says, um, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Uh, let's face it, these moments do stress you out. I get that. When you're trying to try to respond with patience, uh, and that's what Christians need to do. Outrage doesn't outrage doesn't really do anybody any good. Impatience, which I have a great problem with, because I'm very impatient, and everyone knows that. That's not great, and, and neither is taking advantage of others and hurling accusations at people. Do what you can with patience. That's my biggest thing. Uh, we need to be patient, not only with one another, but also with Christians, and understand there's a watching world right now. Let's make sure what they're watching is actually worth watching. Also, I got two more for you. Put some thought in this. Number four, um, please reach out to the lonely and the disconnected. Um, as it says in James 1 again. And by the way, the book of James, just got done reading that. From my study, there are only two or three passages in all of the book of James that talk about sharing your faith with the message. All the rest seem to point to sharing your faith by practicing it. Did you ever notice that, Ben? Just kind of blows me away. I have not. It says here in James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So you know this, a phone call or a video call can mean a lot to yeah. someone when they don't have anybody yeah. else around them. And I know you guys have been making calls to people, and maybe our listeners don't know that, but a lot of our staff has been, you included, been calling people. Um, uh, I've been contacting people with social media, just people that need maybe just to be checked on in the sense of maybe they're going through some loss, difficult times. Uh, maybe they're older and they don't get out. That's that's important. Even, you know, your introverted friends might actually be excited to have some of this downtime, but they also might want, you know, you to give them a, a, a shout out. And finally, hey. Everyone, listen, you're cooped up with your kids. I said this in a message just recently. At this point, you're working from home. I got to believe that some spouses are looking at one another thinking, you know, 
I really love the person I married. I just didn't think I'd spend this much time with him or her, you know? It's like, boy, yeah. he, he does have some issues or she does have some issues. And then you're looking at your kids who are home from school and you're homeschooling them or they're learning online and you're thinking, can we, is it bad for us to lock them in their own room? Or why do we have so many? <laughs> we just feed them twice a day and not three times a day. You know, so have some grace with people, you know? Uh, Jesus said, yeah. forgive people, not seven times seven, but 70 times seven. In other words, forgive as you've been forgiven. So <laughs> all of those are important, right? Try to extend grace to people rather than, you know, especially people who are panicking. I guess that's what I would say. That's a lot yeah. for, you maybe didn't want that much, but Anthony can always cut it out. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I think that's helpful just to kind of break it down because it can be very overwhelming. Um, you know, you hear news reports and, and I, I'm a news junkie, so I'm always listening. I've always got news on in the car. Um, I like reading and, and, you know, different reports and my Facebook and Twitter feeds are both almost all news updates. Uh, that's who I end up following a lot. And I find that it's really, it's really hard to remain at peace and not to be overwhelmed with fear when I listen to news reports. And it's, it's not a matter of burying head in the sand, um, but it, it's kind of allowing that, allowing myself just a, a limited amount of time every day to kind of connect with what's going on in the wider world. And especially politics dr can drive you up a wall right now. Um, and so, you know, that whole idea of patience and peace and focusing on um, spending time with your savior, I think those are really, really helpful. And, I, and I'd recommend to the people listening, as much as the politics of the pan, uh, this pandemic and everyone's playing it on both sides, it seems, and everyone's yeah. got a spin, um, do remember Romans 13 matters. God still uses these people ultimately for yeah. our good. And he's ultimately one that put them there. So keep these people in your prayers because I got to believe this isn't what was their plan A either for March and April of 2020. Right, right. Yeah, I was, um, you know, the whole spending more time in devotion. I, I was reading something uh, the, from the Gospel Coalition. I forget what the name of the article was, but it was talking about how, um, you know, there are times when God calls us just to trust him when there's no visible reason why. Um, and this, this seems to be one of those times, you know, he's Absolutely. in control. He knows what has happened. He's, uh, he saw this coming and not only does he use those people, but if God is all powerful, if God is the master of history, then he actually selected these people to be in their positions for such a time as this, which is a little bit mind boggling um, and humbling. Uh, Cause I'm in that position too. Yeah. I'm in the position a father and husband right now for this, for my family. Um, and to know that God is backing, backing me and he is using me uh, is humbling and comforting. That's why I, that's why I think this is the most exciting time to be a pastor. And I got to believe uh, at this point, a lot of our listeners as Jesus followers realize, Hey, this is, this is a great time to be people that have a message that brings peace, not just now, but more importantly, hereafter. And I, I just think that's that's just awesome. And, and this is also a time when a lot of people are taking a look again at the reality of life after death. Yes, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think it's all, all Jesus followers 
Um, you know, as we talk about churches shutting down and, you know, going online only or, or mail or whatever, um, all Jesus followers, but pastors especially are really grappling with what is church? What is the family of faith? And I think we've had some pat easy answers and they're not new. It's not like we invented them in our generation. They've been in existence for a thousand years, 1500 years maybe. Um, and this is really challenging us to rethink what does that look like? What does it mean to follow Jesus um, as he reaches out to so many people and, and touches lives when I can't, you know, I, I stand at, at, in line at the store and I have to stand six, they've marked a spot on the floor for me six feet away. It's hard to connect with somebody when you're kind of keeping that distance. So we're having to think that, think through all that. And that's not easy. Yeah, but people have been standing away from you for a while. I mean, that's not unusual <laughs> for you. <clears throat> no, it's the it's the COVID haircut that makes me look a little bit crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> um, what should we be thinking about to prepare for the day when we get to come out of this uh, quarantine? What's going to change? And I want you to think, especially in three categories, John, if you could walk us through. Okay. The world's perspective right. of Christian. We'll start there, um, our own habits, and then how we see the family of faith. Although I don't want to talk too much about that last one because we're going to be talking about that extensively in episode yeah. 31. So start here. The world's perspective of Christians. You know, that's that's going to be determined on how Christians take advantage or don't of the opportunities they have to let their light shine. And I think a lot are. You know, I, I when this came about, I was trying to think, and as we tell the congregation at St. Mark Ministries, listen, you know, be the church in your neighborhood, in your family, in your sphere of influence. I, I thought th there are a number of quotations that historians have about what made the Christians different in the early Christian church in the first three or four centuries is how they helped the poor and the needy yep. and the sick when those in power usually didn't. And one of the one of the quotes I have is from 362 AD. It's by it's a letter by Julian. And he complained to the to the Greeks uh, they, that they needed to match the Christians in their virtue. He was because he was blaming the recent growth of Christianity on quote. Here's the quote on Christians: uh, their their benevolence to strangers, their care for the graves of the dead, and their their pretended holiness of their lives. Elsewhere, he even wrote this quote: "For it is a disgrace that." And this is what he calls Christians back then, the impious Galileans. Those are Christians because <laughs> Jesus Those impious Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well. And so I think people will view Christianity in how it's practiced in everyday life right now. Now, as far as our own habits, I, you know, we're going to, I don't know what return to normal is going to look like. I think when we open up to church for in-person worship again, I don't think you're going to see flocks of people come in. Uh, people are still going to be a little hesitant, and I get that, especially until we have some kind of vaccine or some kind of medicine to mitigate um, the effects if you do contact or contract um, the, the, virus, the, vi the virus. But um, I, I just wonder, if this is just me, how are you going to do six-foot social distancing in Lambeau Field? You don't even have six <laughs> inches in Randall Field. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, you're sitting with the person next to you who's not related, and you better get comfortable with that because that's all the room you got. So I wonder how that's all going to work. Right. Um, yeah. 
I think, I think too, I don't know, Ben, if you thought about this, but just the pattern of consumer behavior. I mean, yeah. are, are you going to kind of naturally kind of increase your distance between people at the grocery store? I don't know what that looks like. I'll tell you one thing I think is going to happen. You're going to see a, a reduction in business travel. Now a lot mm -hmm. of companies can go ahead and say, you know what, you don't need to travel. You can Zoom it. You just do it yep. on Zoom or some other online platform. And I also think that's going to result in smaller workplaces and office places. I, I really wonder if that's going to be the way you do things, because as we've talked about as a staff, it used to be when I started in ministry, you, you, you travel to work. Now work travels to you via yep. the internet and technology. So I think all of that is going to change. And, and finally, I think, um, I mean, you said, uh, how we uh, how we see the family of faith. Yeah, I'm not going to go on too much yep. about that in the next episode, except for um, online delivery, not just of food, but uh, not online mm -hmm. delivery um, of the scriptures and of ministries. I think is here to stay, and I know we're going to impact. We're going to unpack that more in in episode 31. So that's what I got. What about yep. you? What do you think is going to happen from the world's perspective? No, I just think, you know, I think. You, you hit the nail on the head, especially on that. I was thinking a lot about that world's perspective. Um, and there's kind of been this growing roar that I've noticed from American Christians that, oh, the, the world is persecuting us. The secular world, you know, is, is turning more and more against us. And I think for everyone who said that, now is the time to be on the front lines, helping, loving, caring, and just heaping coal. I mean, you're heaping coals on the heads of those who naysayed Christianity. This is the time, if, if Christianity has lost its relevance, as so many in the secular world think, now's the time to be relevant. Your faith draws you to closer to your neighbor, not farther away. Um, you, as a, as a person of faith, you know where you're going. When you believe in Jesus, you know you're going to heaven. So I'm not so worried about making sure that my life here is comfortable, making sure that I live as long as possible, making sure that I'm isolated. I'm not being stupid. But I'm also not being self-centered. Um, and, you know, you talked about the fourth century, but I think about uh, the, the bubonic plague as it swept through Europe. And, you know, doctors, lawyers, the wealthy, the elite, they fled town to save their own lives. It was the Christians who stuck around and they helped and they cared for and they made sure everybody was doing as best as they possibly could. Um, now is the time. Let's leverage this as the church of, of Jesus uh, to make sure that our faith is not lost in irrelevance. It, it isn't. We've just kind of lived that way as if we don't matter in this culture, in this world. Knock it off. Now is not the time. Let's, let's live it out. Um, and, you know, I think habits, I was just talking with, with a, a young family that's kind of in the same situation we are. Um, and I was just kind of encouraging, there are going to be things that you do now that you want to do, you know, once we're kind of all back to work as usual, as school as usual and all that. Um, but be intentional about finding the habits that you want to keep. You're, again, being torn down. Your whole schedule has been deconstructed. Reconstruct it intentionally. You want to make family dinners a priority? Prioritize them. You want to make family devotions a priority? Now's yep. the time to start that habit. Uh, you want to make... Uh, solitude and quiet time for you and for your spouse and husbands. This is a big priority for you. Build time for your wife to have her solitude with her savior. 
start building that now make that an integral part of your schedule so that when things go back to normal whatever that looks like those habits are ingrained and and nothing's going to wash them away yeah one of the one of the great blessings that have come out of this is a lot of people have reinstated the family altar as you have described and i hope that's the priority that stays now ben i gotta ask you as we're getting to the end of this um after this is all said and done tell me is the non-stop marathon of puzzle making going to continue to be the highlight of your home life <clears throat> you know we we uh, had a hallmark last week we went an entire week without a, without a puzzle uh, and so we started back on sunday or monday and one is already done we've got a second one lined up ready to go so your wife is hitting the bottle now you're telling me okay that's <laughs> No, I mean, you know, they're all, you know, we're all trying to figure out um, what to do with our, our extra time, um, you know, and, and I think it can be easy to drop into things like Netflix or mindless things. Um, and that's, you know, that's okay. It, there's nothing wrong with binging a Netflix show. Uh, but let's also build in some of those healthy habits that we want to make sure stay through the, the course of the time. Yes, yeah, spend your time with the King of Heaven and not Tiger King. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. I don't, have you watched that at all? I watched two episodes. It was like, I can't believe people watch this. But every time I go on social media, it's all over the place. Yep. <laughs> and my wife has watched all of it and said, it's not worth finishing. So I went on to something else. You know, I think if anybody listens back to this episode, you know, they subscribe like six months from now or a year from now and they listen back in this episode. They're going to wonder why on earth anybody ever spent time on Tiger King. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us on When Fear Reigns, where we talk about living your faith in a secular world. Whether it's COVID or something else, there are always threats to our existence, reasons for fear to fear death or the end of our culture civilization. C.S. Lewis once answered the question, how should we live under the threat of a nuclear bomb? He ans his answer was blunt and straightforward. Live as though there were no atomic bomb. And I think the same thing is true in a pandemic. A bomb or a pandemic, we live under the cross of our Savior where he defeated death. He took its sting and he killed its fear. God be with you. May he comfort you and give, his, give you his strength, strengthening you to live in your kingdom of isolation. And may the fear of God reign in your life. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of When Fear Reigns. Help us reach more people by sharing the podcast with your family and friends, by liking and following When Fear Reigns on Facebook and Instagram, and leave a review wherever you download episodes. We'll see you next time.